welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. If there is one topic that I'm always ready to take notes on, it's how to incorporate more student voice. I think this is one area where you can never have enough ideas and strategies because after all, our students are the reasons we fearlessly lead every day. Today, I talked to Dr. Rosanna Hernandez, an assistant principal in Fontana Unified School District in Southern California. She's going to share her inspiring path to leadership, why student voice is critical to school improvement, and some ideas you can implement right away. And now, here's our chat. All right. Well, welcome back to our listeners to the show. I am so excited for this conversation today with the amazing and multifaceted leader, Dr. Rosanna Hernandez. Dr. Hernandez, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics in the world, which is student voice and how to get them more active on the school site. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, we always love for our listeners to learn about our guests. So Tell us about you. Absolutely. So I'm an immigrant. My family immigrated to the U.S. when I was nine years old from the former Soviet Union. That's actually one of the reasons why we came to the U.S. is because we wanted more freedoms, because in a communist regime, you don't have that. So when we came, needless to say, we were very poor, just kind of really struggling. My dad was the only one working, and we had to do whatever we could to make ends meet. But thankfully, I had really good counselors, and I listened to them throughout middle school and high school, got good grades and got a scholarship. So I was able to get into Cal State LA. My first four years were fully paid. Unfortunately, I couldn't finish in four years because I was working full time because again, necessity, I had to do it because I had to help my family. And so I went in the fifth year and I finished with my bachelor's. I worked in the private sector for a while, but then I realized that it just wasn't for me. It just didn't work out. I didn't get any value out of the job. I was making good money, but not no value. So then I was thinking, okay, what should I do? What should I do? And then that's when the recession was hitting. So then I applied for a couple places and I was lucky enough to get hired at Fontana Unified. So I started as a clerical employee in human resources. And then because of some movements that had to happen because of the recession, layoffs, pink slips. I ended up going to Fontana High School. I, I was serving as a bookkeeper when I realized I'm working really well with the high school students. I was just a bookkeeper, but it's like, it seemed like there were always kids near me. Kids wanted to just come hang out, talk, ask for advice, maybe because I was just being a real, I don't know. So then the principal said, have you thought about teaching? You have a degree. It, it won't be that bad. You know, you can, you can do it. So then uh, she said, just kind of look around. They can tell you what to do. So I went to the nearest place to where I live, Laverne, University Laverne. I checked out their site. They were very welcoming. Again, great counselors, 
So they helped me out and I went in the credentialing program, got my credentials to teach math and then uh, the master's degree. And then after teaching for a while, I realized that I probably would be good in administration, especially with my experience from the past, from having been in like a leadership position in the financial field. So I said, okay, I'm going to go and get my admin credential, doctoral degree. So that way I'm fully prepared. So yeah, I was... I'm now serving as assistant principal, same district, Fontana Unified. What an incredible story. And I love this because our listeners know that we always talk about the power of the tap and people investing in you and seeing something in you. So I love this journey that you took and and where you got to the point that you're at now. So thank you for sharing that. How amazing. So what's exciting about your story, too, is you've had an opportunity to see schools across all grade levels. Mm -hmm. And one of your passion areas is student voice across all grade levels in order to develop future leaders. And I love that. So you equate the student voice to the customer's voice in the private sector. Mm -hmm. How is it similar? So I think what happens, maybe it's like, thank goodness for my experience in the private sector that I got to see this. Sometimes we make decisions as administrators that's not necessarily what the students want. So for example, let's say we want to create a swim club or a polo club, and but that's not what the students want. The students want to go in a completely different direction. Then that's important, right? Because when you're trying to sell something, you have a product. If that's not what the clients are buying, they're leaning more towards this other product, then that's probably what you should go for. And it's the same in education. And I think what happens is a lot of times we go, no, no, we think we know what the students want. We know, we think we know what the parents want. And all it is, is surveying. I love surveying. And that's where the doctoral program and my background in math comes in because I survey like once a month. And to my surprise, people respond, students respond. So then we could say, oh, okay, you know, that's not what we thought they wanted, but let's do it. Let's go in that direction. I appreciate that too, because they want to be asked, right? They want to share their opinion. So I appreciate that so much. And we always hear the customer is always right. I think it's really important that we remember without our students, we're not there. Mm-hmm. And then like just some things like tutoring, after school tutoring, that's always been a mind boggler because it's like we offer it, but the students don't go. But I think we just haven't had the time to ask maybe like what would what can we do to get you to come to after school tutoring because if you're not doing well in classes is it because they prefer a lunch but it's something so easy all we have to do is survey all we have to do is go in the classrooms and ask you know and then we yeah we'll get the answers we do that all the time since i'm in the adult education field right now i'm i'm at fontana adult school we survey all the time like one of the things was let's find out why students drop Because, you know, it's adult ed. They don't have to be in school. They choose to be in school. So the ones that do choose to come, what's the reason? That was the last survey I did, and it was eye-opening. So, yeah. And then based on that, we can figure out what we need to do next. Maybe that would be the next survey. Like, if we did this to address this problem, what would you do? Would you, do you think this one's a good idea? That one's a good idea. So every step of the way, you're kind of asking to get their input. Right. And we're going to get into a lot more ideas that you have. But before we do, I would love for you to just maybe share a little bit about why student voice is so valuable. Like, what are the positive consequences of 
finding different avenues to get student voice? What can come of it? I think for them, it helps too, especially some of the students who think that they don't matter. They're not heard. You're now giving them a voice. You're asking them to participate, to share what they know. They can even form friendships just out of like the groups, out of the conversations. The empowering piece is huge. And they can even learn leadership skills. They can put, this is something, it's like a college and career readiness skill that they can put down, that they participated in school, in the school activities, they participated in a leadership club at school. So yeah, I think that empowerment piece is extremely important. Not only that, but there, if we do something that they asked for, then that's huge, right? Because it was a benefit. It was like a direct mm-hmm. benefit. So I think that's also extremely important. Yeah, such such good points there. So so let's get into some ideas. Our listeners love when we get some actionable things that we can do. You have a handful of suggestions for school leaders. So let's start with just a couple off the top of your head. What are two things that we could start doing? So probably the first one, what I would do is in my calendar, I would take it out and between, let's say, August to June or May, whenever the school year finishes, the first week, I would pick a day, maybe like the first Wednesday of every month, I would write down, send student survey. If you serve parents, send parents survey, because you'll always think of something, some decision that you're trying to make, and you want to get input. That's what I would do. I would write that down Mm -hmm. because then like a week later, I always put a deadline on surveys and I always use forms. It's so easy, but you could use survey monkey, whatever. So then that way you're hearing what the students have to say. That would be the first one. Then the second thing I would do is probably, I know that a lot of sites have ASBs like the associated student bodies. That's good. But how often do we go and hear the students? I think the ASB director probably does, but Mm -hmm. not really. They're more there to like put events together. What can we do to hear their voice? So then uh, it would be scheduling something again, maybe once every two weeks, but it has to be written in the calendar, either on Outlook or in the planner or something to go in and talk to them. So at the adult school, we didn't even have this until I want to say about five years ago, four or five years ago, the assistant principal before me, he started what we called let your voice be heard. So then he scheduled meetings and I've been continuing that. So every three months we get together and we ask the students for opinions. Right now, because of COVID, the main issues that we talk about revolve around technology, Mm. what they're going through at home, what their issues are. But I also ask them, we're going to do this. What do you guys think about it? We're going to do that. What do you guys think about that? And what's really awesome is when we do WASC, they come. They come and they share that they're heard. It's so beautiful. It's like we don't have to worry when WASC comes, oh, let's get students to come and talk to the WASC committee. They're already there. Right. So we can call on them to come and help out and say what they do for the school. Right. So I, I want to pick apart that one a little bit. So it's almost like focus groups, right? Student focus groups. Yes. How can you structure it so that you're making sure you're getting 
everyone's voice and not just certain groups. So what we call it is an advisory committee, like a student advisory committee. And then we also say some, a lot of times we refer to it as student leadership team. The reason why is because again, college and career readiness. Mm -hmm. If these students go and put on their resume that they served in a student leadership team, think about how good that would sound. So instead of saying ASB, it's student leadership team, right? right. So then what we do is we have remind.com. And then every time there's something going on, I communicate with them that way. So basically, they serve on the committee. The way we get the students involved is the first thing is when we start the school year, I email the teachers about two weeks in and I go, do you guys have anybody who's like more involved and more active, you know, voices his or her opinion? We start there and then those students bring other students as we go on. Now, we also go through the counselors. So we, at the adult education, in the in adult education, one of the stories, the most awesomest stories, this guy had been with us for four years. He would start classes to finish his diploma, stop, start, stop, start, stop, on and on. All because he was just having a lot of personal issues that were getting in his way of finishing. So the guidance tech said, what do you think about this student? Do you want to involve him in student leadership? Maybe he'll come out of his shell. Maybe he'll work with you, a couple of the other students, and then, you know, he'll see that he's liked mm -hmm. and he'll just, you know, flourish. Sure enough, he finished in a year and a half after he joined student leadership. He's working full time now that he's graduated. So it's, it's awesome. And so he's one of our, um, special stories, all as a result of the student leadership team, because he was able to see that he was a valued member of the school, the community. And so, yeah. That's fantastic. So we have surveys, we have focus groups. What might be another way to get student voice? Uh, besides surveys, I would say if we have them right. So like we do once every two months, I don't want to say once a month, once every two months, we have a writing contest go on and we buy s small gift cards. They don't expect much, like $15, $20 gift cards. And then we ask them to write about a topic just one page, write about a topic that we want to hear from them on. And this, again, is something that you can do. You just write it in your calendar. We use the same template for the writing contest. It's the same rules, same time. We just change the topic on it, what they're going to write about. And so some months, depending on the topic, like we had one that said, how has COVID affected you personally? That was like one mm -hmm. we did a few months ago. We had 14 people respond. So see, it's not just having them right. We're reading these and trying to figure out what the students are saying, what their concerns are. Mm. So that's another way to listen to the students is by having these school-wide writing contests and maybe some of the shy kids too, if they're not outspoken, but they write, mm -hmm. they can participate. Right. Another idea you had is with a club advisory group. So maybe this is more secondary, but if you have clubs on your site, what does that look like? So there are clubs. It's just that I think as the adults on campus, we don't usually go in and ask for opinions from the kids and stuff, but that would be a good idea. Let's say we want to start something on campus. We can go and say, hey, what do you guys think? And there's such varied differences among the clubs. I remember when I was in high school, I was in drama club. I was in speech and debate club. I was in like different clubs where different students appeared. So how nice is that to have to go in? Maybe Maybe like just getting the 
presidents of each of the associations or somebody who serves on them, like they can have a person who serves there, they can go to a meeting, once a month meeting, to talk to the administrators, not just the principal, but mm -hmm. just the administrators in general, and then give them their opinion on what they think should be done and what they think, if, if there's a new initiative, how they think it should go. Mm-hmm. And then another one that you gave a suggestion about is around, and this one I love because I love the idea of school branding, but student promoters, building a team of kind of advocates for your school. What What is that about and what does that look like? That mostly came about from adult schools. So adult education is not very well known, even though it does a lot mm -hmm. of good for communities. So what happened was because these students are coming and they're getting such value out of their education, their experience, well, we formed a team to go in the community to give them the catalogs. We went to the swap meet and we started giving information to people who were coming in about adult education. So that was one way. I think in the high school level, when I was parent involvement coordinator, I did that with the parents. So the parents would come and then I would give them information about the school, how well the school's doing. And then their job was to basically promote that on social media. So that way the school looks good, you know, like people can read it and go, oh my gosh, this school is a good school. I'm going to make sure my kids go there. And it's just mm -hmm. value, adding value. But yeah, it's like, I think we can't do it all. So having that team of people who can help you market is really powerful. Yeah. And I think even though your reference point for some of these is your adult school, you make a valuable point that you mentioned at the beginning. A lot of these can be used across any school segment, right? Mm -hmm. So I can definitely see even a branding team at elementary school. Definitely. You get a parent involved, you get students involved, you get them to be advocates when you're doing events at schools. So I can definitely see kind of a, a rallying branding group mm -hmm. be supportive of your school, regardless of age level. Yeah, I think especially now, public education is under so much scrutiny and this push for charter schools and stuff. But it's like, do people out there know Know what awesome things happen at every level, elementary and middle school and high school. But there's only so much that I think the administrators can do. If they give the information, give the photos to the parent group or to the student group and say, here, you know, look at what we're doing. Can you promote this? Give this to family members and stuff. Then it's like the word spreads that no, this, this school is an awesome school. It's not what like, because the focus a lot of times is on the negative, but now you're changing right. it, you're making it into the positive and people, not only are the students going to be proud to attend there, mm -hmm. but the parents are going to be proud to represent right. the school to their family members and yeah. You know, one question I'm thinking about as you're coming up with some of these ideas and sharing with us and around just getting in tune with how students are feeling, have you had any or what would you say to principals who might have that teacher pushback or staff pushback that says you're eliciting too much student voice because that has happened to me before? What would be some of the things to consider as you maybe take this this little leap of effort and get student voice on bringing teachers with you? on this journey? What I've learned through the WASC process is you have to have different stakeholders involved. When you have too much where it's just one group, like if, if every decision is made by admin and then pushed down, 
that doesn't quite work, right? So it's like, how about if you were to listen to the student voice, then take that to the department chairs, then take it to the teachers, then at the end, admin. That way you're getting even the counselors, they should definitely be involved. So basically every stakeholder is kind of involved in the process of making a decision. So I, I think that's what I would do is maybe when you, when you do the advisory, have like a person who does the counseling, person who a teacher or two, obviously the administrative team and have some students either do them individually and then take them all and make a decision or just have a committee where you're going to make a decision. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I, I'm recalling when I first started my last school site, I was there for five years. And when I arrived, it was definitely in need of some change. So I did student focus groups right at the beginning. And I asked them the same questions I asked teachers when I met with them one to one. But I think part of the buy-in from teachers was because I showed them the questions ahead of time. Mm. I let them be part of the process. I shared with them the students I was thinking of participating, but also invited them to offer any other student names that they wanted to be part of. So I think those are some great tips of just making them come along with you, inviting them to be part of the process and letting them know that they also will have voice in what you're asking as well. So that's great advice. Yeah. And it's just advisory. You know, it's not like you're saying, I'm going to do right. only what the students know. It's like, I'm just getting input. And that's why the surveys and stuff, they help because it's like, then you have data, you have numbers to show them. Like, I know teachers, we, we you want me to do this, but look at what the students are saying, you know? Yeah, great, great point there. So if listeners are hearing you right now and saying, I really want to do some of these things, how would you suggest they start? So you mentioned calendaring it out, mm -hmm. getting that done. What are some other things after you get on the calendar? What, sh what should they do next? I would probably contact the teachers if I'm forming a an advisory committee to ask for an opinion. Like, can you give me one or two names of students who you think would be good at this, who like to share their opinions? That's what I would do. And then I would also calendar. It's not just about doing the survey, but it's also making sure you look at the data. So then I would, like a week later, I would go in the calendar and write down, look at data, share. And then at that point, you have to see who you want to share with. Is it the admin team? Is it the teachers? Is it the counselors? And that's another thing I would do. Mm -hmm. Figure out which three things. I think it's too much to try to do too much. So then if you say, okay, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a, an advisory committee. I'm going to start doing once a month surveys and maybe one other thing that you want to do. And then just make sure it's calendared and that it's getting done, you know, cross them off as it gets done. So that way, by the time it's the end, you're at the end of the year, you already have it. And it's so easy to continue after it's set up. Absolutely. Right. Because it becomes routine. Yes. I think another point to remember as you were talking is to make sure we are inclusive of all voices, right? Because it's really easy. Like you mentioned, you have your ASB groups, you have your leadership groups, but there are students that have such powerful input that maybe we don't tap into enough. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that really worked well for us was going classroom to classroom and giving them paper, just half sheet things that they could fill out because that way even the quieter students the students who don't want to go online don't want to do a survey don't want to have their voices heard 
I mean, you're right there. You you wait there for mm-hmm. five minutes. Everybody does it, gives it to you. As long as it's not done often, because that was mm-hmm. pr- a problem we had was the teachers were saying we were going in too much. So maybe once every two months for five minutes, they won't mind while they're doing their attendance and stuff. That's when we go and we say, we just want to get your opinion on something, you know. And it's never really an opinion that's, I don't like it. It's not something that, that, that they're going to do. It's just basically going to be choices. Of these choices, which one do you like? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. way it's not negative or positive. It's just, this is my favorite choice. You know, and they can select right. it. Right. Oh, I love this conversation so much. So as we, as we wrap up, Rosanna, do you have any final words or any um, last minute pieces of advice, what would you want people to know about student voice? If there was one thing they heard today, what would be the final word on that? I would say think of it as you're a customer going in the store. What would you like to see? How would you like to be valued? So do you want the store owners to push products onto you that they think you should have? Or do you think you should have the products that you want that are important to you. And so I think if we think of it that way, then we don't really have a choice. We have to listen to what the clients, the customers, in our case, the students are looking for and just try to satisfy that need. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. So we always end our show with a little bit of fun with some rapid fire questions. So are you ready to entertain me with these? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. Favorite leadership book? Uh, I think it's the Principal's Guidebook that it was given when I was in the admin, the clearing credential program, because it gives step-by-step directions and things that we can do to be better in leadership. So that's my favorite so far. Awesome. Top tip for staying organized? Um, Having a calendar and crossing off items as you go. It feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm that person who adds things to my list just to cross them off, but I Aww, love that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, favorite app? Um, Probably the Remind app. I like it because I can communicate with a bunch of people with one text. Yes. Best Amazon find for work? You know what? I wouldn't say Amazon, but Teachers Pay Teachers. Oh my gosh, mm. I love Teachers Pay Teachers. <laughs> I got so much from that site. (laughs) So yeah, I love that. Awesome. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Any kind of whatever they play on 94.7. I know it's like jazz and stuff, but I love it. It really makes me focus. It makes me think like the Tony Braxton kind of stuff, you know? (laughs) We love Tony Braxton here, so let's do it. All right. And finally, what is one tip you would tell your first year principal self? To listen to the students, listen to the teachers. And it's not necessarily what I think should be done, but what they think should be done. Yeah. If listeners want to get in contact with you, how should they do so? Where can they find you? So I have a website where I share a lot of my ideas and uh, on efficiency organization, because that's what has helped me survive over the years, do like 50 million things all at the same time really well. So if they go there, I think that probably would be the best way. And it's just efficiencyandorganization.com. I am going to Google it right after this conversation. <laughs> I need that in my life. And then are you on Twitter? Yes, I am. I'm on Twitter and it's if it's just under my name, Rosanna Hernandez or D-R-R Hernandez. Okay, fantastic. 
Dr. Hernandez, thank you so much for this conversation today. I love all things Student Voice, and you gave us a bunch of ideas where we can take some action right away. Yes, thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful. Oh, it definitely was. Thank you again. Thank you. I really appreciate this time with Dr. Hernandez and her suggestions for ways to incorporate more student voice on campus. If you have any ideas to add, head over to Instagram to find me at Principles of Success and message me. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Thank you.